welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Wrestling Chat with Friends. And tonight we're going to be discussing openly the life, the legacy, the man that was the outsider himself, Scott Hall. Obviously, may he rest in peace. We got the news earlier this week, which is a has to be considered one of the most brutal, what, five days, eight days, like a brutal span for the WWE. Um, and also, as we go further, we obviously wish a speedy recovery to Big E. I like to call him our champion. This Big E definitely repped uh, the way that we like to see an African-American black American rep in the WWE. Biggie had done it all. And what would some would call an amazing rise to the title, but maybe the title reign was a little bit underwhelming at the time. But Biggie has been a pillar since he has been in WWE signed a contract and he has been awesome. So we want to wish him a speedy, speedy recovery. I am being joined on a special night by a very, very special partner. Look, we had the going away show, and of course he never went anywhere, but he is back tonight because we love him. Ty, what is the gimmick today, brother? Gimmick is going to be uh, X-Pac Heat. X-Pac Heat? Ty, yes. X-Pac Heat, please explain. X-Pac Heat is basically, people hate you for the wrong reasons. They just want you to go away, but you keep coming back over and over (laughs) and over and over again. I like it. I like it. Ty X-Pac Heat is ready to to, to bring some, some thunder here to talk about the life and legacy of Scott Hall. And also joining us, and this is the first time they're on the show together, but a good, good friend of the show, a regular, if I will dare I say regular, the homie Elliot. Elliot, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling good, Cheats. Thanks for having me on. Ty, welcome back. Man, we got a lot to get into, but we are going to adjust the entire show. The entire show is going to be adjusted for the outsider himself, Scott Hall. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start with our normal segment, but a little bit of a, a spin to it. Our normal segment is always, what are we popping for this week? But I'm going to change it, take the liberty to change it to say, what Scott? What about Scott Hall? What about Scott Hall or what moment of his career uh, that spanned, obviously, through WWE, WCW, all over the place? What was the moment... Scott Hall made you pop the most. I'll start. I'll go ahead and start. It's, it has to be the very first match I ever saw him in. Is what? I think it was three matches in a row with uh, one, two, three kids, Sean Waltman himself. That was the very first time I ever watched, I think, a wrestling show at that point. And the first match was, yeah, Razor Ramon. This dude that's clearly, clearly, clearly not Puerto Rican 
<laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, it was it a technician to the finest. I mean, he was a great wrestler in there with the even like probably one of the most unsung wrestlers of all time. And the one, two, three kid, Sean Waltman, who I did not know this was what, like eighteen, like nineteen in the ring with him? Mm-hmm. Super young. And yeah, yeah. First time I saw the Razor's Edge, everything, man. Everything about the presentation of that was just that's what got me in. That's what got me in. How about I, you, Elliot? I had been aware of Scott Hall for many years by way of um some old pro wrestling illustrateds that I was uh, looking at in 87, 88, heard about him coming through the AWA ranks, knew of him as Razor Ramon. But the moment that I remember that sticks out for me, probably because of how old I was at the time, what uh, I was really into WCW, uh, watching his nitros. And when he strolled up in the, in the denim on denim, at the desk in front of Bobby Heenan and Eric Bischoff and whoever was the third, if there was a third man, when he sort of came to the back behind them, a guy who, if you knew anything, you knew he was Razor Ramon, what was going on? Why is he there? This is what kayfabe was still not, you know, it was still a thing uh, then and seeing him invade that show followed around the same time, I guess with Kevin Nash at the same time as the outsiders that gave me goosebumps almost knowing that a fourth wall had been broken and something new and something we had never seen before, not across promotion, but guys who were popular showing up on another show, making it given this extra element of real seeing Scott Hall walk onto nitro for the first time, popped me the most. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on that because that has to be the moment for me. Uh, I, <clears throat> like Ty said, I was a Razor Ramon fan. Like I, I understood where Razor Ramon was in the kind of the the WWE uh, pantheon or, or or the pecking order, if you will. And it was one of those moments where, when he showed up, not doing anything in WCW, and he's sitting in the audience, and he that's it, that's it. He's sitting in the audience, and at the time. Kayfabe was so real. Kayfabe was so real that it was like, see, you know, when you're young and you see your school teacher at the grocery store and you're like, wait a second, my school teacher isn't supposed to be at the grocery store or heaven forbid at a restaurant with her husband drinking or, or vice versa with wife. Drink. You're like, these people aren't real. They're not supposed to be outside of the setting, Right that they're supposed to be in. If you're a school teacher, you're sitting in school. You're not supposed to have a life, right? When Scott Hall was sitting in the audience of WCW, it was like, what is he doing here? What is happening? And we didn't really understand. And this is why kayfabe was, is great. We didn't fully understand that by him just being there and in the, in, in, in the front row and then putting the camera on him, was it's already done deal. He's already signed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 the whole invasion thing was just done so well. And the NWO ultimately was done so well. And the Wolfpack was actually done really well. Um, 
but we just don't get that those type of moments anymore and the fact that the other thing that really was amazing was because we didn't know anything about quote-unquote scott hall we only knew razor remote so when scott hall doesn't have the right to use the name razor ramon he has to get in the ring with kevin nash who can't use diesel either and does and he does it perfectly he does the ayo he's got the toothpick and he just says for like weeks you know me and that's it like he doesn't say his name it wasn't immediately scott hall it was a you know me and everybody knew him and it was phenomenal it was phenomenal. We are going to hold hold one second. I'm going to bring in a homie because this is an open tribute to Scott Hall. We're bringing in a homie. Oh. My man, Jay Justin, illustrious hip-hop writer, PR specialist, but also big-time wrestling fan and a big-time uh, Scott Hall fan. Jay, let me. Uh, what we're doing right now is we're going around – and telling what was the biggest moment for you in the career of Scott Hall. Do you got one? Sure, man. I would honestly say that it's two of them. So everyone wants to talk about the initial ladder match from WrestleMania 10, but I felt like the rematch between Razor and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 95, that was a really great ladder match as well. And based on his character, that really sold the importance of the ladder match, along with this other thing that we don't really consider, the fact that there were just two ladders in the rematch compared to the first one where it was that one ladder. So it was the importance of, hmm, okay, like we only have one ladder for this match. So there's a greater significance of the two individuals having their own ladders in that matchup. So Sean and Razor, they had their own great chemistry within being the the pioneers of that match. And the second one would honestly be when him and Kevin Nash first went into WCW and the story behind that of how Nash and Hall couldn't go by Razor Ramon and Diesel because those two names were like copyrighted by WWE. So they couldn't use that in any other way, but they could go ask themselves and they still carried those like respective personas together. And that at the time was breaking the, like the forbidden door that we as wrestling fans talk about time and time and time again. So that was such an epic moment within the battle of the Monday Night War between WWF and WCW. Perfect. Well said, Jay. Well said. Ty, let me ask you, because I want to bring you in as somebody that has has followed the career uh, of Scott Hall and and the actual matches. Um, But I want to, before I talk about the matches, we're going to talk about some of the matches. Um, I think the overall theme I'm hearing, especially since he's passed and, and, and the news is just this overall coolness that Scott Hall had from whatever promotion he was in, from whatever 
kind of gimmick character he had, it was this coolness that I think particularly appealed to minorities, whether it was Latinos or African Americans. Um, what was it about Razor Ramon and then Scott Hall that that just made him? Because he's a gimmick, and there's a lot of gimmicks that did not go well in Latino or black communities. But Razor Ramon just seemed to be that cat. Why do you think his his persona registered so well? Um, obviously with everyone, but in particular with minorities as well. I would say that it's because it was it was a total package. It was a total package. You got this dude that with the slick back hair and everything else like that, with the gold chains everywhere, just with a toothpick in his mouth, doing his vent, doing his you know his vignettes in the hood. Really, like his vignettes were in the hood, <laughs> and him just going around. I don't know. It was just something about him that just screamed out, "Cool!" It just, it, it just, he just had it, and um, probably because it was Scarface, it was just Scarface all over again. And Elliot, I, I see, I see you shaking your head. What, 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 what was it about Scott Hall's per- personality, persona, charisma that made him endeared? to, I want to say, a lot of Latinos, a lot of minorities. He was endeared everywhere. But it just seemed like Razor Ramon, there was a lot of, that's our guy. I, I can only speak for my culture, but it's, I think Ty nailed it. It's he, Tony Montana, Scarface. That That is a hero in a lots of cultures, Latino and Black as well. You know, it's, he, he was, it's that machismo that you really... Uh, was became attracted to him. He did not care. He knew he was the best, just like Tony did. The world is uh, the world is mine. So, I think that was a, it was just a Scarface connection. Ty nailed it. Yeah, Jay, I mean, would you? What he, do you he think? Looked, he, he looked like oh, man. So I was actually <laughs> pondering back to a uh, past vignettes that used to be on a show called WWF Superstars. If anybody remembers that. Oh yeah. And yeah. like a there was one where he was walking in like an all white suit with the gold chains and he's like what is an education i don't need that because look at me like i have the clothes i have the style i have the money like and just other vignettes to where he was reflecting on old men playing donamos or uh los viejos if you will and he's like man like they are just wasting their time while me i don't waste time like i'm going to the top and all of my competition will fall like dynamos and yeah like the way that he kept it simple but yet made it very effective rather than just drawn out promos that we've seen like he knew how to capture an audience quickly and I remember actually retweeting some like tweet the day of his passing from this uh, former lead writer for NXT and SmackDown that actually worked with Scott Hall for his Hall of Fame speech in 2014. And Hall stated to the writer, like, look, I did a lot of research on the past Hall of Fame speeches. One thing I found in common, they're way too long. So his 
So his speech was really only four and a half minutes total compared to like the 10 or 15 that we've seen from past uh, Hall of Fame alumni. But watching that back, he knew <laughs> like how to capitalize. He knew how to hold on before saying something else so that way the audience can let what he said marinate. Like he was a great presenter. A great speaker. Like he knew how to play with the crowd well with what he said and how he said it. And I think what we're all alluding to and talking about a little bit that really the thing about kayfabe and the thing about wrestling and the thing about characters is the more you embrace the character and the more it becomes and feels and seems authentic to the type of person you are what interestingly enough happens is they you know you start to work this character and then actuality you either you either live the gimmick or you don't right like you, yeah it, it just becomes a part of you and the interesting thing about scott hall whether it was razor ramon or scott hall and we'll talk about it as we move through the show there's probably some differences there but he had gotten to the point where we we believed him. It was very authentic, even though it was this like like we said, it's this like amazing Tony Montana style character for someone that doesn't have the heritage, but it's just like, hey, you you're, you're big, you have dark hair, you know what I mean? Let's make this happen. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. and, and it was like we believed him, and when he did those like Ty mentioned when he did those vignettes. And, and and the inner city or he's in a latino community where people are playing dominoes uh or if he's in the all-white suit it was like we knew he was we knew he was cool but then you add that character to him and you start to believe it and he he plays it out so well he he executed so well to the point where he's even is anybody like focused on that man's ring walk when he walks to the ring, it's iconic. Before he even yeah. does anything. And so I think that that level of authenticity and that blurred line, and again, even in 2022, we live in a different world when yeah. it comes to professional wrestling. We live in a world where we understand, lack of a better term, sports entertainment. We yeah. understand that when we catch um you know a professional no matter who it is we could catch roman reigns in a diner on a random wednesday and he could be the biggest heel in the business the tribal chief we're gonna walk up to him and he's gonna be probably nice to kids right mm -hmm. at the time razor ramon is razor ramon at the time scott hall is the is is the bad guy you're not doing that you know you're not taking yeah. your kids up and being like hey razor ramon my kid loves you He's gonna put a toothpick in your face, and it's like it's and we wanted him to, and it's just so awesome. I'm bringing in our homie Ty. We got another homie. I think we can bring in his video is not on, so I don't know if we're gonna bring him in until his video gets up. I see our our homie Mo. It, there he, there right, he is. It's all right. It's all right, man. Um, I get so lot going on right now, so that's. <laughs> what I'm we got our homie. We got our homie. Any Mo. dinner yet? So you know, but. 
But I, I, I'll, I'll be on it until the food is done, though. <laughs> Mo, Mo from No Words Barred on the Family Podcast ah. Network. We, we, we love what his show is doing. Mo, I, look, because your time is limited. Tell us, we were just kind of reflecting on what was the biggest moment for you and, and the legacy of Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. What was the biggest moment for you when you think of his career? Um, I mean, th- there is there's a, he had a lot of big moments, but the one thing for sure, I know for me, that was um, a, a, as a kid, that was like mind blown is that when he first came on uh, on, on Nitro and interrupted, um, you know, the match that was going on. I mean, at that time, you know, like and I caught the court at the end of uh, what you were just talking about, you know, with kayfabe, you know, at that time, like th- there was. Internet was just starting, but you know there was no dirt sheets like that. I mean, unless you just happen to to know where to find whatever that type of information. Um, but for me, for a kid like me, I was like, like, what is he doing on on a WCW show? You know, I had no idea anything about contracts running out or anything like that. It was just just him being on there, and it blew my mind. Like half of, I was confused, but excited, but like, all right, what's going on? I legit thought it was like an invasion thing, you know, in, in, in the back of my mind. But, um, just that whole progress of when he first came on there leading up to the bash at the beach, um, uh, match. And, and, uh, for me, that was, that was a big thing for me. Now, if, as far as his WWF days, um, you know, it, it, it I didn't catch, He's one of the few wrestlers that I never watched, was able to see live um, when I was living in New York. You know, because, I mean, MSG has, I mean, that's that was the, that's the headquarters for, for WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, I never really got the t- chance to see him live. But um, I, I did catch a lot of his matches because there was a time period where I had stopped watching wrestling, um, like, for like two or three years. I really got back into it, like, in late 95. And... Uh, and at that time, like, I mean, I really didn't know anything about Razor Ramon or anything like that. Um, I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I don't, like, that's all I asked. Like, who is this guy? Because he caught my attention, like, with the, the accent and, and the look and the, and the chains and just, he was just cool. Like, the guy was just cool to look at and, and just, to, just to see, hear him talk and, and, and see his matches. You know, he wasn't a flashy guy. It was, he was a more methodical uh, type of wrestler. Um, you know, but that razor's edge was beautiful. It was a beautiful finisher. You know, it, for for me, I'm like I, I'm looking at him like, how is he able to lift that guy up in that position? Like how? Um, so for me, it's just there's just so many memories, so many good things about him. But the, the one thing I will point out that the, my favorite part is when he started doing the AO. Like once he started doing that, and seeing that the first time he did that crowd didn't really react to it but see how it gradually build up over time that all he has to say like the crowd was just waiting for him to say it no matter what other members of the nwo was doing once the once the mic got to scott hall's hands everybody was just like with a gasp like they were just waiting for him to say ayo and then once he did it's like i mean they just went absolutely nuts you know so uh it's it's just so much of a great the, char- the the charismatic nature of him. I, I loved it, um, and I'm gonna miss it. And like everybody felt the same way uh, about it. So, uh, so those that's that's my my personal memories um, with, with Scott Hall that 
you know, I'm always going to hold near and dear to the heart for sure. That's, that's indeed. That's indeed. All right. I know Ty and Jay both have to, to drop off in a little bit. So we'll go in order. Uh, Jay, give me your, we'll go in order. Jay, give me your, your final closing thoughts on Razor Ramon, AKA Scott Hall. And then we'll just jump right into Ty. Cause I know we're all on time constraints and I know Mo, you do the same. Cause I know you got time restraints as well, brother, but we, man, this is great, man. I appreciate all of you coming on to talk about the bad guy. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, uh, my final thought would really be that Scott Hall was one of the best wrestling personalities in his era. And even in a rough time for WWF, too, where they was lacking a sense of star power in that mid-90s before the starting of the Monday Night War. Like, he was one of those bright lights in a dark era of WWE. So that I'm forever grateful to see. He had a better TNA run than what I thought he did, honestly where most people forget that he was on TNA for a short bit. Right. But he but he had a better run than what most people would think for his age after his WWE run. Uh that's all I'll say. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Man, we appreciate one, okay? you, brother. Wrestling chat with friends. Jay, you got to come back on, man. We appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. See you soon. So, look, Ty, I I I want to do something. And I don't know if we have time because I know you got a jet tie. But can we, do we have time to do Rate the Wrestler, Scott Hall? Oh, man. Of course we do. Okay, we got time. We got time. We're going to go fast. <laughs> Mo, are you, you're in on this. Now, I'm, on. In. I'm in. All right. So we're doing our standard Rate the Wrestler. This is going to be our Scott Hall edition. And it's going to be. Uh, obviously, we're paying a lot of respects. We're going to try to be as fair as possible. It is the five belt model, modeled after the five mics of our source magazine, the Hip Hop Bible. So you can go five is the highest. You can go point fives. You can't go anything, any other deviations. And we're going to go mic work, ring work, star factor. And this is what we're rating for Scott hall aka the bad guy we will start on the mic even because we know we've talked about this at nauseum ty five belts scott hall on the mic what do you rate him five belts on the mic i mean it, scott hall had that ability to catch you with just two with just those two words that hey yo it was slow it was methodical but you listened to everything he had to say his Hall of Fame speech was even better. Like he had one of the better Hall of Fame speeches that I, that I can remember. Uh, yeah, Mike work is just a straight up five for him, and 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 that's no cap. That's no cap for me. Yeah, if you got to be as objective as possible, right. then yep. then who's a, then who's a then who would be fives in this industry? Well, there's a there's a bunch of them, but not too many. Scott Hall checks off all the marks. I feel, you know who. Who else are you going to give a five to if you're not going to give it to someone like Scott Hall? Um, so, yeah, to total five. Mo, five mics, five oh. belts. Oh, he, five. He gets a five. Uh, that's, it's, 
it's like what I said before. I mean, it, it, it's the fact that he could say so little, but yet captivate so much attention um, towards him. And, um, and even when I look at back and I see the old YouTube clips of his um, introduction, his vignettes that they that they showed, you know, I, I would imagine at that time, like that, that seeing that it would be enough to garner my interest in, in, in what he was saying. And once he started actually talking, like that's. Uh, he caught me. He got. He cat. He got my attention every single time. So he gets five, no doubt. So here's the deal: the Rocks a five, Flares a five, like Dusty Rhodes five. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, would you give him a five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh! Four, four. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. 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 But we 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 say the Rock. We say Flair. Dusty Rhodes is a five. Uh, Stone Jake Cold. Snake, Jake Stone Snake Cold. Roberts. Stone Cold uh, is a Jake five. Jake Roberts, yeah. Jake yeah. the Snake Roberts. I say the, the only question I have is, is Scott Hall in the Flair Rock level? He's an A. We know it's an A. He's an A+. Plus. Is he in the stratosphere? I'm still going to give him a five. But I, I just don't know if he's in – the stratosphere of the greatest talkers of all time. He and, is only because that when the NWO was first coming along, before Hogan, when the outsiders and everything else like that, he was the mouthpiece. He was the mouthpiece. It was he not was Kevin Nash. The whole outfit, right? And if he had more, if he had more championships, more accolades, yes, we would put him in that same thing, in that same realm. We're putting these people in that realm because they have multiple championships. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Take away the championships, we're talking about just straight charisma. Straight might work. That's that's Razor. We're gonna that's give him a five. Fives across the board. In this is where it gets difficult. In ring work. Let's start with Elliot. E in ring work for Scott Hall. Five belts. What do you give him? I started going to YouTube after the day he passed away. I have seen a ton of him on Nitro. I have seen a ton of him in Razor Ramon. I hadn't seen a lot of TNA, so I watched a couple of TNA matches. But what I did was I tried to find some old AWA matches. Mm. He was a bodybuilder when he mm. came in. He was huge. He paired with Kurt Hennig. He paired, or, you know, he came around the same time as Chris Adams. Uh, you know, those guys like kind of mid late '80s. Those first few years, he was technically a fantastic wrestler. It carried him um, definitely. The latter matches would show how proficient he was in the ring. Um, his WCW run, he became more of sort of like the brooding guy, but he he didn't just make it on charisma alone. He had a move set that was damn impressive. So I'm giving him a four. Okay. You know, I, I I don't think he deserves any less. But you know, I've, there are, um, I can name off the top of my head lots of wrestlers who I would say were even more technical. So, but four is nothing to sneeze at. He's a four. No, nothing to sneeze at at all. Nothing at all. Mo, what do you got? Razor I could, Ramon in ring work. I could agree with a four, and it's and not and when I was hearing Elliot speak, I was just thinking, you know, when you think about the Intercontinental Championship, that is normally known as the Workmen's Title. Yes, within within the WWE and F whatever, and you don't get that title at least 
how it was how it always has been presented and built up as like not it's not only just the, the, the title that you get to step up you know before you get to world you know title um but when you really think about the historical context of uh, of that championship belt um that's that is you got that belt because you have some type of a uh, technical ability prowess that you have to keep up with the mat, the attention of the people within the matches itself. And I mean, and, and of course, you know, you look at, you know, everybody points out with his matches with Shawn Michaels, you know, I mean, Shawn Michaels. And, and, you know, we all know, we hear about Shawn Michaels, how a lot of times he pulls, you know, he's normally the person that's directing the match. He's the main person that's leading. Um, but you can clearly see because, of, and also they were so close friends, him and Razor. Like they just brought out the best of one another, and if you look at also the the last feud that he had, I remember before he went to WCW, he had uh, I think with one two three kid, and they didn't have any bad like another those another guys close friends brought out the best in each other, and if you look about his Intercontinental Championship reign and, and even after that, like he's he was a steady worksman, and given that his size and that he was. You know, he had the build of a world champion, you know, at that time. He was the prototypical big muscle-bound guy that could have been a world champion. But he was very he was very agile for his size. And, you know, like I said, the four, I think I'm comfortable with giving him a four or five. That would be a little bit, I don't know, like that, that kind of made me a little bit of a stretch. And I suppose some people could make arguments about it, but four I'm fine with, but – like I said, I always look to him having that title and what it meant to have that championship and being those type of matches and the significance and meaning with that. That's enough for me to give him a four. I like it. I like it. Let's go to Ty. All right. So with Razor, with Scott Hall, you gotta you have to measure his wrestling with the wrestling of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't say, you know, wrestling right now, the wrestling right now is way different. He, unless you put in like the Randy Orton's and stuff, he's basically what Randy Orton is now. Mm. Not a big old thrills kind of guy. He's gonna work. I, I don't. I don't remember many matches I've seen of him that he's worked face. Like not a lot of matches he's worked face. And as yeah. and as a heel, you already know that he's the one that carries all the. He, a heel usually carries the matches. The heels usually the general in the ring. Saying what spots to do to get the most heat, all that other kind of stuff. And Razor had a, he had a, he had a genius intellect when it came to like in ring work, like how to make a match work inside and outside of it. Saying that, you have to do it at the time that he was wrestling and he wrestled in TNA. And it was bad. Mm. He was older, and his, those demons were still, you know, with him at that time. But he still wrestled. So I can't give him a four. I can give him a three. I'm gonna give him a three point five. Ooh, Ty, that's fine. Going with the three point five. So I'm gonna go. I see both. I see both scenarios here and i'm not even counting the tna stuff um because the classic scott hall uh, excuse me the classic scott hall matches i'm i do think of razor ramon 
I think of WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels. I think of uh, a lot of the WWF, WWE kind of feuds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, I, I had to actually kind of go back and say, okay, what, there was a lot of big Scott Hall moments in WCW, but I was like, what, what are the matches? And the matches were Bash of the Beach, it was like the Outsiders and Hogan. Um, there was a couple other um, WCW matches. There's a NWO uh, versus like Arnie Anderson, Lex Luger, Ric Flair's like Fall Brawl '96 on this mm-hmm. on this list that I saw. But most of the Sting. matches, Sting. right? Sting, yeah, yeah. Most of the matches were Razor Ramon matches. They weren't Scott Hall matches, and so. I can go either way because I do think you're 100% correct about him becoming this fluid wrestler. Like, he was actually a very good, very fluid wrestler. And we'll talk about the finish after we, I guess we write, well, we could talk about the finish now and talk about the finish in the next segment. But the Razor's Edge is an amazing finish. Like, it's just an amazing, amazing finish. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ty, give him the three point five. Though I do think the he had some he had some really really good matches. I don't know if he I, had enough of them to go with four. He's had a lot of bad matches too. Actually, so what are you gonna I, do, Ty? I, I, just, I just remember something. I'm chasing miles to a four. You're going up to a four. You know why? He had a great match with Goldberg. He got a he got a Goldberg match over. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. If you, well then if you're going four, I'm gonna go four too. I was trying. Yeah. I was gonna go down. Da- I, I could go either way, but I was gonna go. I was going down because of if you're looking at the entire body of work, he wrestled for a very long time. Yeah. And then the like the the, the classic matches that you pull out. You know, you get to about number five, and you're like, the rest of them are probably not classics, right? Um, but I'm gonna. I'm with you. I'm. I'll go with four. So now this is what we got, gentlemen. So far, he's got a clean slate, perfect score, NBA dunk competition. What is it? Fifties across the board for Mike work. He's got cross the board fours for Enri work. This this next category is gonna be a no brainer. Scott Hall, it factor, charisma. Let's start with Mo. It factor, charisma. Out of five belts. I mean, in fact, the charisma. I mean, I'm I'm personally giving him five. I'm giving him a five. I'm giving him five. Like it's, it's... <laughs> this is going to be the easiest one we have. Yeah, like... <laughs> Elliot, Elliot, it factor charisma. I'm prepared to do the same, but 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 cheats. I'm thinking back to what you immediately said in the previous question when you were trying to figure out how thick that stratosphere is from Rick and the rock to whoever else is in that stratosphere. I think Scott Hall's in that stratosphere. He's there. If that stratosphere though, is a, is a range. He's, he's maybe right there in the middle. Maybe he's a little above the middle. Maybe, you know, I'm going to go with a 4.5 just because kind of like you summarized earlier, he's not the rock. He's not Rick flair. He's not, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 
but he, those are his contemporaries. He held his own against all those guys. He's remembered by wrestling fans as well known as those guys. Yeah, he was, but he's, he's not, he's, but he's not those guys, but he's not those guys. He's a 4.5. He's an icon. He's for everything outside his wrestling world too, which made him even more endearing and important to the business. Yeah, 4.5. All right. I'm going to let Ty go at the end of this one. So, Because I, I, I actually agree 100, 100% with Elliot. And Elliot articulated better than I could ever have done simply because he, he he's like what Mo was saying about the Intercontinental Championship. And he made that Intercontinental, champ, Intercontinental Championship matter. Razor Ramon did. Um, but the interesting thing is he was always, to me, in that glorified sidekick type role, even with the outsiders. Kevin Nash was the was Scott Hall might have been the mouthpiece, but Kevin when when it turned into the 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 the, the person that was going to fight Goldberg at Starcade, it was Kevin Nash. Scott Hall was the guy that hit him with the cattle prong, right? Like that's that's what happened. Um, so I. I because and i think ty nailed it too it was because whoever the powers that be never gave him the belt like that never gave him a long title run like that never made him the aa plus guy um i'm gonna give him a 4.5 on the it factor charisma and i feel i feel good about that because he's he's a two-time hall of famer but he's not those guys he's not Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, and he's a hell of a better talker than Bret Hart, but nobody would say he's Bret Hart, right? So, Ty, take us home. Tell me why I'm crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. You're not crazy. You're insane, man. You're insane. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me, let me rattle oh, off some like names for you, okay? I like it. Let me rattle off some names for you. Fergal Debit. Matt and Nick Jackson. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Cody Hall. I mean, that's that's a obvious. The entirety of the fucking Bullet Club. Without Scott Hall, these these people, their mannerisms would not exist. Cody Rhodes would not call the Intercontinental title his absolute favorite title without Razor Ramon. Facts. He oozes. You would not have the sting that you have right now. You would still have Hollywood surfer sting for the rest of your lives without Scott Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the one that said, have you you ever seen The Crow? You should watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, Five. If you if you can if you would take charisma and concentrate it, you would call it Scott Hall. All right. Like he didn't have to do anything. Yes, he wasn't those guys, but he never got lost with those guys. Whenever you see him, definitely held his own. Definitely held his own. When you see when he was teaming up with Ric Flair. Yep. You didn't say he doesn't belong there. He always belonged. He didn't need that title for him to belong there. No. I want to add one more thing in here. It just came to my mind. 
Hit it, Mo. If you really think about how much how much charisma this guy has, look at the the, the world of hip hop, right? Look how many, if you realize how many people in hip hop had did have you know said something how how much Razor Ramon was their favorite wrestler, right? You look about the charisma, the, the gold chains, the flashiness, the smoothness. Like that's it, it's that's part of hip hop culture too. You know, and, and how it blends in with one another. Like that goes to show how much his his character, his his aura, his, everything, his presentation, you know, how it how it it burned a, a lasting memory in all of these people's lives. And you look at like I said, you look at all these musicians and what they're saying, and mostly within hip-hop world they they love that i'm gonna find the quote uh the tweet that was sent out after his passing by west side gun griselda's own and huge 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 wrestling fan and it was scott hall i love you brother i named uh i'm named after this man hall my style the chains the ao everything is this man i didn't want to be jordan i wanted to be scott so thankful he became a friend and knew how much i loved him i'm truly heartbroken right now that is from one of the toughest rappers in the game right now with one of the most connected to the streets persona stable it was he didn't want to be jordan he wanted to be scott Maybe he's a five. <laughs> I'm gonna, so let's let, to recap. <laughs> recap. Mike work is a five. In ring work is a four. Charisma is a five. He's a Hall of Famer two times over. Uh, you know he's gonna round out to our to our highest score that we've ever had. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Um, we got we got we got a break right now really quickly. This is Wrestling Chat with Friends on the Family Podcast Network. Please make sure you visit thefamilypn.com. Subscribe. Not only this show, I did the count today. I think we're up to 13 shows, and we have more gaining. There's a lot going on with the family, so make it, check it out, please. Uh, Ty, Mo, I know you guys are, are going to be checking out in a second. Yep. We still have... Uh, a couple of things to talk about when it comes to the life and the legacy of Scott Hall, uh, the finisher, the finisher we have to talk about, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, we don't want to bring the show down, but we do want to talk a little bit about the challenges he faced publicly, the way that he battled publicly, um, and the way that he kind of, you know, in, in this kind of new iteration of what wrestling has become, um, a handful of folks kind of let it all be out there, warts and all, and he's one of those uh, one of those people. So, again, like I said, I know you got you guys got to go, uh, Scott. Tell tell me, Ty, hit me with the razor's edge, and tell me what you thought or what you think of that finisher. It's not it's not it's an interesting one because it's not one that a lot of folks have tried to reinvent and steal and use to this day. I mean, there's a reason why it has a reason why for that. It's a very, very dangerous, dangerous move. And people trusted him enough, trusted his ability to keep them safe and using that finisher. He never had any other finisher, really. No, 
it was always the Razors slash Outsiders Edge. So that should tell you enough about that. I mean, the Celtic Cross, what Sheamus was doing, eh, eh. Uh, the Eagles Edge that uh, what's his face does eh, eh, nah. Razor, for somehow he could drop you on your on your neck like that mm-hmm. and keep you safe. So that's that's what I have, and with that I gotta head out. But all right, brother. Not even the sidetrack. I will say this one thing. Y'all keep on talking about Razor's, the Razor's Edge match of the week. Y'all gotta watch before I go because I gotta do it. Got to do it. Scott Hall, Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect and Macho Man. Yep. Boom. Yep. Boom. That is Survival Series 1992. Yep. Survival Series 1992. Got to check it out. Brother, appreciate you as always. Wish it was better circumstances for your triumphant return. (laughs) But we really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk about the bad guy, Todd. Love you, brother. Really quick, gentlemen, while we finish this out, let's talk. Let's let let's talk. Why do you think? Because here's the thing about that finisher. There's also I I like Ty said. I think there's a lot of trust involved, but I also don't think a lot of people can pull that off. You have to have a lot of size, a lot of strength, and it's not something where you're gonna see, um, you know an Adam Cole or even, you know, uh, somebody smaller and sad. You're not going to see a, a, even a Matt Hardy. Or, you know what I mean? You've got to be a very large man with a lot of strength to do that razor's edge. Well, what what what, what was your thoughts on that move? Because I had never seen anything like it until it was done. Well, you know, for, for me, I, I it took this conversation for me to sort of remember how kind of cool that, that move was. I was lucky enough to see it in person a few times, but thinking about it, you know, you're right. I, you know, like I said, it wasn't until this conversation, I had focused just so much more on his personality um, than his finisher. But yeah, that raises it. It's just like Ty said, it took an incredible amount of trust. You never really heard about anyone being injured by it. Um, He, it just speaks to kind of his character as a wrestler, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely right up there. It's not the most iconic move, but it got, I mean, it's, I'm just sort of envisioning it right now. It's a really, it's a really cool, effective finisher. It's and a cool, effective bring, finisher. Bring, bringing someone down, you know, straight over. My only really, thing was you know, I didn't know, my only knock on the Razor's Edge, which I think is one of the coolest finishers, uh, was I just didn't know if it hurt as much. It didn't look like it hurt that bad. Right. Yeah, lots of finishers don't look like they hurt that bad, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, would you would you think about the Razor's Edge? Uh, I, I thought it was a beautiful finisher. I mean, it was. A good word. It was one of those things that you looked at it. And you never really saw anything like that before. Um, you know, it was one of those things that, uh, like you see, you never really heard any stories about anybody getting injured from the Razor's Edge. You know, he was very he protected the wrestler. Um, with that mat, uh, with that uh, that finisher, um, I'm trying to think, uh, it's just it was just one of those things that at that time period, you just didn't see a big guy like that doing that, you know. Like it was, and and even afterwards, you know, like I said, and, and Ty had pointed out, you know, there's not many wrestlers that that try to, you know, mimic or, or or do that 
move as as their finisher. And it's probably more, you know, the reason is because it's so people respect that finisher as as Scott Hall's finisher, Razor Ramon's finisher, you know, um, mm-hmm. that 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 goes to show how much people um, in, in the industry you know, respected that move that like not everybody could pull that off because it's it's really it's not so much more of the impact of the move, it's just the, the sheer look of it, the, the the image of it. I don't um, think there's a finisher that fits a character better. Yeah, right? yeah, you so have ha- razor you have edge finish. No, I mean, but he just the the like you said, it's a beautiful finisher, but it's also very cool and it fit Razor Ramon, it fit Scott Hall. It fit the 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 persona and the character perfectly, and I think it was just a perfect marriage between a wrestler and the finishing move that he did. And you know, it it's it, it it again it 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 needs its greatness. The thing when you talk about greatness in professional wrestling, these things have to add up. You yeah. know, these things have to have this synergy and this merger. And I don't know what comes first. I don't know if it's the Scorpion Deathlock or, you know, the Scorpion Deathlock and Sting, but we know they go together. Yeah. We know the figure four, Ric Flair, we know it goes together. And we know that the Razor's Edge and Razor Ramon, and, and, and you know, it's just perfect. It was a perfect marriage, and he had a perfect complement of what he did well. And, and again, that's what, I think that's another reason why people don't do it, because it just doesn't fit, right? No. It has to fit. Gentlemen, before we get you out of here, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to give you a, a, a quick opportunity to reflect on uh, the overall kind of legacy and impact of Scott Hall and uh, what it what it means. And, and, I'll, and I'll just say as well, because like I said, this is obviously lifting up one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, I do think the end as complicated and tragic and you know a lot of the challenges that scott hall was able to show the public um actually in many ways helped humanize uh professional wrestling helped humanize the industry let people know that everybody isn't supermen um and they all have their own demons and struggles and we and a lot of us in wrestling we kind of knew this we knew that there are a lot of people going through things, um, but Scott Hall was one of the, you know, more so than some of the others that went through struggle, because he always seemed to have this cadre of community members that wanted him to do well. Yep. You always saw Shawn Michaels and, and Kevin Nash and and Triple H and and X Pac. You always saw them all really wanting him. Uh, to do well and you know he battled a lot of demons um and so when i think of you know the the life and legacy and the wrestler of scott hall i'm gonna think about all the things that we talked about um but one of the things that i do think i'd be remiss if i didn't say was how much he actually showed us what that life can also do to folks and he wasn't um, the type of person, because, you know, when it goes really bad, like really, really bad, they try to sweep it under the rug. They try just to try to never mention that person's name. Right. They try to never. And with Scott Hall, they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. Um, 
And I don't know, you know, I don't, I guess they didn't want to do it, but they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't just excommunicate Scott Hall. He had too much love and he had too many people around him. And I think everybody really wanted him to win. And I'll think of that too, as I think of the life and legacy of all the good stuff and all the awesomeness. I'll think of the human aspect of, of Scott Hall. A lot like we think about, um, we've been doing a lot, me personally, I've been doing a lot of Muhammad Ali stuff recently and a lot of Muhammad Ali research. And there's this interesting thing about Ali where he turned from the most hated man in America to the most loved man in America. And in order for him to do that, he had to become human. He wasn't the Ali that was boisterous and telling people he was going to knock him out and telling everybody that he's the prettiest. It was the 1996, you know, Parkinson's, I'm struggling like the torch Ali, that the world finally was like, oh, no, that's one of the greatest human beings of the 20th century. Right. And I think the interesting thing with Scott Hall is had it not been for that, the, the, the end ending couple of years per se, I don't think we would be having the same conversation because now everybody loves the bad guy. But at the time he could have, he could have moved into a different stratosphere. Mo, I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll switch to you and then we'll give Elliot the last word and we'll get out of here. All right. Um, Man, like it, it's just, it's just the fact that he he just was one of those type of people that, you know, you when you watch wrestling, especially as as a kid, you know, you don't you 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 have that you still have that innocence there, you know, with, with watching it, and you know, you don't think about all this outside stuff and whatever. You just watch it just simply for for what you're for what is being presented on the television. And wrestlers, as we know, are larger than life figures. And these are the type Scott Hall, Razor Ramones, like those, those are the guys that 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 you keep in your mind. Uh and they still they stay they stay alive in your memory, uh, you know, for your, as long as you live. And his character is just one of those characters that uh man, like they, there's no way it could ever leave your mind. There's no way at all, and just just the overall presentation and kudos and and, and kudos who, to to Vince and, and and the people that I guess writers you know at that time you know that that to to even come up with the idea of him being this Cuban guy and and, and with all the chains and, and, and the and the and the floral shirts and all like I mean who. Whoever thought of that, that like that's going to be his gimmick. Uh, you know what? Like that that person, kudos to them, because who who would have thought that? You know, and, and you know, we know he wasn't Cuban, <laughs> but it's just the it, it's just it was something different, and he just had a lot of memorable moments um you know in in history of wrestling and the matches, the 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 the, the, Im- the image of him and on a ladder in WrestleMania ten, you know, with both the the, the, the IC belts, you know, that's a mat, that's an image. Watch any type of WrestleMania or, or history of WWF thing, and I could guarantee you, Razor Ramon at one point is being shown on there, and it's probably that image of him on that ladder in WrestleMania ten, holding those two belts. The the fact that before the match. The, the whole superstitious thing—you don't walk under the ladder. What did he do? 
You know, he walked under the ladder. You know, like everything that that, that was so taboo, you're not supposed to do. He did it on, on screen. And made it look cool. And, right. And you wanted to do that. You know, that's that's just the beauty of, of it, just him and the fact that he was able to pull it off with such with at least with relative ease. Like that's what made it even that's what made it even better. It looks so easy to him. And it is so cool. It's like, well, let me give it a try and do it. And even to this day, I still it's funny. The other day I was at work and the door I was walked through the door is one of those doors that you have to swipe your badge. But I don't know you're probably not supposed to do this, but. You know, you walk through the door, and I didn't want to touch the handle again, so I literally had to squeeze the little bit of opening that was there to the door. But when I did that, I just did the, the Razor Ramon walk down the aisle just to get around it so that I wouldn't get so the door wouldn't hit me on the way out. Like it's just those little things like that. Like it just stays with stay, stays with you, and at least with me. And so it, it's it's the character, and, and then the toothpick throw. The toothpick that was throw for me. Is that was legendary. That that was that was the that was the nail on the coffin right there. The two that might be up. worth look. That might be worth a five when we talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> already. Yeah, man. Like, hey. come on. That, that how disrespectful. Somebody throw a toothpick at you. <laughs> hey, we're we're bringing in. Look, we're bringing in your podcast partner, Chris Mack, has joined on the as we wrap this up. Chris, we're gonna <laughs> we're we're gonna go to you right now just to give. Just some quick thoughts on the life, the legacy overall of Razor Ramon. We're going to bring it back to Elliot um, to, to bring us home. And then and then we're going to wrap this episode. We're coming up just a little bit over our, our time. Chris, welcome to WCWF. What are your thoughts on Scott Hall? Uh, um, thanks for um, having me here, uh, Cheats. And it's nice to hear Mo on one of his best uh, soliloquies. Around, love it, love it. We can't have, no, no <laughs> words barred. Make sure you check it out. Yeah, um, yeah. Scott Hall, uh, really, a, a, was a pivotal figure in my childhood. Um, I came up at a time that I really known him mainly from his NWO days. Uh, you know, you know, after Razor Ramon, but I've managed to like go back in time to uh, check some of his earlier stuff and. Man, he he was like he said he was one of the coolest dudes around. Like he made bad look cool. Him and Kevin Nash combined as the outsiders, and um, and he was just always an interesting figure to watch. I, I was very fortunate um to actually speak with him uh during WrestleMania weekend in 2014. Uh, it was just a short conversation, but you know he was definitely in good spirits at this time, you know, as he was um, recovering from, you know, from his, you know, his time, you know, battling with addiction and, and, you know, going into DDP yoga and I was managed to able to like, just to co converse with him and, you know, congratulate him on his, you know, selection into the WWE hall of fame at the time. And it was just cool. Just, uh, just to be able to get that moment with them. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just rough. Uh, you know, knowing that, you know, that we could never really be prepared, you know, to, to see people that we grew up with, you know, move on, you know, into the other realm of the world. And, you know, and for him, you know, he, he was just a special kind of dude. Like, he, he was about his business. Uh, yeah, for real. I think, uh, and, and, and paved and, the way. Paved the way, paved the way. like yeah, yeah. you know, he was you know he was a pioneer in in many aspects, uh, and the dude was very given too, like you know, it for the business, you know, 
being able to to put over Sean Waltman, you know, as a one, two, three kid. And, uh, and then later on, what I found out, um, he did the same thing for a young Kiroshi Tanahashi when mm. he was doing one of his last stints in New Japan. And, you know, just to see that he was still able to do that uh, and be a consummate professional and at the same time, you know, focus more about, you know, making money as opposed to, uh, you know, trying to be the best worker in the business or or be the main event guy. He, he was about getting his bread and and, and doing his thing. And, and, you know, at this time, you know, in, a, in this industry that we kind of need more guys like that. Are focused on you know building something for their family and for future generations, and and to be you know more about their job, uh, That's and, interesting. I, and I, work and while working on their craft. But it's all about having a better business mind that goes along with it as well. Yeah, that's interesting. It leads me to think, if there was a Scott Hall type today, who would it be? Um, that like you said, that doesn't need the spotlight because it's we're in a different age in twenty twenty two. You know, you don't get a push right away. You're you're asking for releases. You're you're not like riding that not riding that wave of being just above the mid card, just below the main event. And Scott Hall basically lived there, right? So, uh, now Chris Mack, man, thank you so much for jumping on. No words barred. I can't talk about them enough. Excited about what you and Mo are, are, are doing as a team. More episodes to come. Definitely on the Family Podcast Network. Um, Elliot, man, as you reflect, man, and you think about how we're going to bring this thing home, what are your final thoughts on Scott Hall, the bad guy? Scott Hall is the, the one wrestler that he is most connected with. I think everyone would say is Kevin Dash. Best friends in real life, as far as we could all tell, um, and his tag team partner, uh, in life as in, in, as well as, you know, probably in the ring. However, the reason we can't, we still revere Scott. Well, a reason we still look at, we, we look at Scott Hall, the way we do today in many ways is because of diamond Dallas page. Now I don't want to give DDP. I'm not here to promote DDP too much because he's kind of a polarizing figure I think DDP is actually kind of like the Gene Simmons of professional wrestling, like the way he markets himself, you know, for good, for good and for bad. But, you know, I, you know, if 10 years ago, 10, 12, 11 years ago, we were expecting to have this podcast topic any day now because he had given up. He had checked out. The wrestling world, I think, if you really kind of remember, had sort of forgotten him. WWE had swept him under the rug. He was not mentioned. He, you know, if you remember some of those times where he, you know, he knows kind of right before DDP maybe got involved, he no showed some independent promotions. There's some YouTube videos of him appearing when he had no business being out there. He did some things that he would say now, if he had, when he had some sober moments, he'd reflect on it and say, I shouldn't have been out there. I think he did do a fair amount of, you know, reflecting, but he, he, the business in him had broken up and we were all waiting for him just to kind of, to hear about the news, Scott Hall, you know, like, like most wrestlers at some point they're, they're found, 
you know, unfortunately found dead in a hotel in Florida. Like that's, that was inevitably going to happen. DDP, however you got involved with him, you know, I think Scott Hall would say DDP may have contributed to saving his life, but what DDP did was help Scott get enough clarity where we could then see Scott for who he was, you know, the, you know, and that, so credit, credit to DDP, but really that's credit to Scott Hall. Um, couple of those documentaries when his son was breaking into the business and he was helping him those that I think that humanized him quite a bit. He did become the first sort of redemption story in wrestling. It's in, in sort of like the outside wrestling business, like the, in, in YouTube and, you know, and I will remember, I just remember the redemption. He was written, he was done. He had really, Ruined his he had ruined his chances with WWE because they couldn't afford they couldn't take the risk of having him in a Hall of Fame until he was completely clean, and he got really clean and then he got really sick and that's just a byproduct of being unhealthy for so long, and I'm you know in in some ways I'm relieved we didn't have to have this podcast any sooner than it happened because there was I, I you know. If you were making a celebrity death list anytime in the last 15 years, you're putting Scott Hall on it in those in those in those worst times. So I'm glad we got a good decade plus of sober, reflective Scott Hall, who, you know, made us remember the bad guy and not the guy he was at risk of becoming remembered for. That is very, very well said, very on point, and, and actually very, very true and accurate. Elliot, thank you so much. Uh, Chris, Mo, thank you so much. Justin, Ty, thank you guys. Everybody that contributed. Um, yeah, the wrestling world's hurt. Uh, the wrestling world's hurt. Um, big, Missing a big piece. Making a big piece. And... Um, as we continue on, I think that that legacy of Scott Hall will only grow. And I think Elliot, you hit it right on the head. That's a good thing. And, and, and the, 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 the good part of this story is that it's not, it, it's a tragic story now, but as we continue to go forward, we'll remember much more of what we're supposed to be remembering. And it won't, it, it won't be as, um, as it would have been if it was five years ago or eight years ago. It's a, it's a much different story today, and that's to a credit of, of a lot of folks, including the bad guy himself. So until next time, this is a special edition of Wrestling Chat with Friends. We wouldn't have it any other way, uh, but we'll get back down to the business of the wrestling week next Thursday at 8 p.m. As always, I'd be remiss if I don't shout out our, our normal host, Megan, your favorite heel in heels, had a family emergency tonight, so she couldn't come on, but she gives everyone her love, and we're going to count it out as Megan would on the count of three. So one, two, three, and to Scott Hall, as always. Till next time. <laughs>